Welcome to the Mind Body TV podcast with Dr. Kim Duramo. I'm a conventionally trained physician sharing how the body heals and how you can access this state of healing effortlessly. Yes, hello. Here we are live with Mind Body TV. Welcome, everyone. I'm really excited to have you here. Um, I have a special guest today I'm going to introduce in just a minute. Uh, but I know um, I'll give everyone a minute to come in and you can share where you're joining in from, or if you're listening to the uh, recording, I'd love to hear from you as well. I do see all the comments. So uh, right now we're in such a, a kind of a crunch, which if you're you know, living in the old structures of I am my job or, oh, what's happening in my body, things are dissolving and changing so quickly. It can be really, really rocky and unnerving if we're trying to hold on to what's falling away. And so I wanted to share this theme today of how do we live in greatness, which is something that this guest is definitely doing so beautifully, when it seems like the world is falling apart. How do I actually not just go into survival and not just clamp down and try to control and just get by and get through this and wait till it's over, but actually, no, how could this be an invitation to let go of that old way of holding control and looking outside myself for the answers? And maybe this is really an invitation to begin to live in a deeper way. So I have Kyle Cease with me today, who's someone I deeply admire and I follow for quite some time, who's created his career really organically as well as a very, very talented and successful stand-up comic, um, but realizing that there were deeper spiritual principles at play in his life and his reality that were a, a more important message for him to be sharing in the world. So he's really transitioned his career to focus on sharing that message of awakening, um, living as an inspiration and, and connecting within to let conscious creation happen. And he's really um, just done some absolutely incredible things. If you have maybe already heard of him, he's a multiple time bestselling author, and I would definitely recommend reading some of his stuff. Um, and he does have a really incredible, incredible platform and programs where he is sharing um, very similar work to to what we're doing here in his own unique way. So welcome, Kyle. I'm so grateful to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for saying such amazing stuff. I'm, <laughs> I'm so excited about this time too and what we're becoming in this time. So what your topic is, I mean, it fits what I do, but it's so exciting to talk about. Yeah. So so I think we're going to just be really bold and, and dig right into the big piece with, you know, how do we live in greatness when like, wait a minute, the world's falling apart. Wait a minute, I have a very severe illness. Wait a minute, don't I have to clamp down? And how can you tell me to let go and allow expansion when don't I have to focus on this uh, and get things settled first? So maybe you could speak a little bit to this is what you've seen in, in your life and how you've uh, chosen to live. Well, it's interesting because everything you just said are circumstances and the given in those sentences are your circumstances need to be a certain way for your happiness, right? Now, I'm not saying there aren't certain situations that can be better than others, but they kind of show an attachment and this outcome is my God, not me, this thing, this job, having this thing, having the idea of what I'm supposed to do next. You know, when people just sit, their mind starts saying, what do I do? And it's almost as if we're saying, I am what I do versus now. And that what do I do is a pattern that's that's blocking so much of your actual connection to source. And what I believe and what I've discovered is that if you look at life up until the beginning of 2020, 
we had in certain ways, many of us had our circumstances good enough for us to not, you know, really find who we truly are. Like you could have had a decent enough job or a good enough relationship and you're just kind of running the motions. And these things that we had in our lives, although can be helpful and we need them at the same time, can also be kind of an addiction that's stopping something that's inside from coming out. So when you go through a breakup with someone, you know, there starts to be pain and the the, the illusion of loneliness and, and, and doubt and fear and all these things come up. So what we usually do is grab the addiction back and then push it back down again or find a new person or find another thing. And imagine that inside your body are all kinds of different buried traumas that if we don't have the ability to travel or grab onto a different circumstance or even go to a restaurant in some places, you know, all of a sudden these things that are inside are exposed. And when they're exposed, they're seen. And when they're seen, they heal. So to me, darkness isn't anything other than stuff that you haven't seen. It's not a judgment thing. It's not that you're bad. It's just inside of our body. There are things that we created to protect ourselves from feeling a moment that we felt in our childhood. So imagine if, you know, you said something or you did something and your dad yelled at you, your body gets tense. And so you start to go, I never want to feel that again. So what do I do? Okay, never speak out of turn. Don't say what I believe, whatever. And then you create this false you that's now an artist at not feeling that trauma. So now the trauma's buried and you have a false character on top of it, right? And you're walking around and you're now a person who doesn't say what you feel because once your dad yelled at you when you did. So imagine we all have that. I had with my dad, I felt he paid the most attention to me when we were watching stand-up comedy. Yeah. And I he was very, you know, he worked a lot and there wasn't quite the full same presence from him when we weren't. And I didn't think about this and it was totally in my body, my dharma and my calling to be a stand-up comic. But I started looking at it a couple of years ago and I was like, what if that was just to get my dad to see me? And what if because I felt unseen without it, like I really became good at it and had a huge Comedy Central career and life was like, hey, now do you see me? Now do you see me? Now do you see me? So imagine that we create these false characters to protect us from feeling certain things we felt alone, abandoned, hit, yelled at, whatever. These false characters have been running the show, yeah. right? And up until the beginning of 2020, they could be completely what you think is your identity, right? So if you had a fear of being alone because you went through some traumatic experience as a child, you, you get in relationships really quickly because you don't want to feel that thing again. Well, imagine in this time, life is taking your ability away from you to go to any external thing. And now those things are coming to light. When they're coming to light, they're freed. And it's not only happening inside, it's happening outside. You know, we're starting to get total clarity on who our government and who our media and all kinds of things truly are. And they've always been that way, you know, but they were able to be hidden, you know, in the, in the 60s. Like one news anchor just says oh, JFK was shot by Oswald and everyone goes, okay the end. There's no questioning. There's no, now at least we question things or, or go, wait, these things don't add up. And the reason is our awareness has expanded to past our trauma, which can actually see past the world's hidden trauma too. 
And so it's scary, but you can see it because you finally have connected to the capacity to see it. You finally have connected to enough now to be able to handle it. Stuff isn't revealed until you're ready to see it, mm -hmm. right? So when you finally connect more and more to the now or you're doing you know, meditation, you're here, whatever, life goes, okay, you're, a, you're in a capacity for me to bring up this thing that happened to you. And, and I can show you this trauma when you were five and everything. And then you cry it out and then it's actually gone. And the person you created yourself to be to hide that trauma also is gone. Right. So then there's a new you that's in this kind of, I don't know what is going on. I don't know what I am, but that's way more advanced. It's like being day one of a butterfly. Like you probably don't know how to fly yet. And it feels more awkward than, you know, the advanced stages of a caterpillar. But even though it, you don't know how to do it and it's unfamiliar, it doesn't mean it's not more advanced and more your home and more truthfully where you belong and where you'll acclimate to very quickly. Mm -hmm. This is an important thing to remember that the early stage of butterfly or going to feel more uncomfortable than the late stages of, of caterpillar. Right. And, and one of the things I've seen like as a physician is that that is exactly what creates the illness is the persona we put on to let me manage, let me control. Okay. Let me make sure I don't feel this thing is the state, right? There's a physical state of like, tension and protection and whatever that is. And then there's like the, the physical tension in the body, but there's the neurological states and the brain states and then the immune states and what's happening in my just digestive system that are all the underlying communications of that, that say, okay, right now we're not, it's not about prosperity, it's about survival. And so all the survival hormones kick in and your stress hormone goes up. Every time we live in those personas, those protective personas, we're in a chemistry and a physiology that's toxic, that creates disease, that blocks health, and then cancer develops or autoimmune disease develops or all kinds of, you know, I can't eat but three foods because I'm restricted. That's what develops in the physical body. And it's yeah. not until we do that bold step of, uh, I, I, what if I do choose greatness instead of survival, that we're willing to let go of the protection. Yeah. Um, and I, I'd like you to speak in, in your own experience, like, you know, where this came in in your life and where you did have to kind of face that choice of like, wait a minute, this seems pretty, I'm going to survive if I keep holding this, but I'm yeah. aware it's actually going to kill me or I'm aware it's going to kill my dreams or I'm aware it's actually not going to work for me. Well, you know, my, I, I guess you could say with my journey, I went through actual different stages of consciousness in my career and my life and everything. So first was like from a victim to an achiever, right? So I started out as a comedian and then got like, I was exhausted from touring, got kind of a crazy level of suicidal anxiety because I was, I was actually touring so much and not at, at all checking in with myself in, in my 20s. And this caused an anxiety, which caused me to Tony Robbins myself into a number one Comedy Central special. So that was the beginning of the learning that I can change my thinking. That was around when The Secret came out. That was like me learning that you can change your thoughts. And that's not where I am now, but it was an amazing step forward to learn that you're not just a, you know, you can change your thoughts. And you're when you do that, um, you, you can literally picture the outcome of what you want. And I literally did go from suicidal anxiety to like number one comedy central special two number one comedy central specials. And then life was in this second stage where I'm just, you know, making it happen, making it happen. Yeah. The big, the big shift in my life after that 
was when I realized motivation is the illusion of when something happens, I'll be happy. And like people, even watching this right now, we all have a little bit of when something happens, I'll be happy. When we get through this storm, we'll be happy. When when I get you know over my addiction, I'll be happy. When I finally make enough money, I'll be happy, whatever. And I've had enough of the things that I wanted to achieve to realize that usually when you get the thing that you think will make you happy, the second you get it, you're now scared you'll lose it. And you're also going, what's next, right? So I would be like, I, I really want to get that movie part. And then I would get it. And then I'm immediately in the stage of what's next. I better not lose this. It better keep going. And so this, when something happens, I'll be happy was a lie. In fact, I worked with a lot of very successful people who were the least happy because they would keep being in their head about the next thing, the next thing. And I'm very lucky that I got to experience the things I wanted to learn that has nothing to do with my happiness. Yes. Because the shift after that became, the next shift became letting go of all making it happen and shifting from when something happens, I'll be happy to when I'm happy, things will happen. And by happy, I had to start learning to be with my, all my feelings. Happy doesn't just mean, you know, uh, Stepford wife smile. It means like, you know, I'm sad. Can I be okay with it? Can I be present with it? And this started, the only way I can describe it, even though it's kind of a corny word, is an ascension. And the way I did it was in 2011, <clears throat> I wanted to see what would happen if I started letting go of all of the things in my life that I think I need to be happy. So the first thing was, I just want to see what happens if I go raw vegan for 90 days. Now, no part of me is telling anyone how to eat, uh, but this was a big deal, All not only as far as what happened to my body, but also when I was a kid, I felt the most connection to my family at restaurants. Like the most present my parents were with me was at a restaurant. And so in the house, there was like an office. So my dad kind of energetically had one foot there. It was like the 80s version of a cell phone. And so at a restaurant, I felt like I had presence with them. So the 90 days raw vegan was the start of me eating in a new way that was in a different pattern than the character that I had kept going to feel love and to not be abandoned, right? So for 90 days, I announced to the public, I'm going to not eat uh, anything cooked or animal product for 90 days. If I eat anything cooked or an animal product, I'll give away $10,000. This was my way wow. of being stuck in this declaration. Yeah. And so for the first 30 days, like my health definitely changed and got better and better. And I was getting really fit and it was amazing. But after day 30, a moment happened where someone walked by me with a hot dog and all I smelled was chemicals and metal. Now, a month ago, that would have been something I craved. And now I was so separate from it that I noticed that like my taste buds have changed and like the weight of the, the old me is like separate from me. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's not a part of me. I'm not in the wiring of that addiction anymore. It's like over there now. And I actually don't crave cooked food or an animal product anymore. So this made me start going, what else is heavy in my life? So I said, okay, for a while, I'm not going to go on Facebook. I'm not going to go on social media. Okay. Then I said, I'm not dating. Right. And I just started getting these moments with God where I wasn't in the constant search of something outside to ascend me. On day 45 of this, I had a moment where I was going to go on the road as a stand-up comic. And I had a part of my body that just was like, I don't want to. And I noticed that as I was ascending up, stand-up comedy, which had been my dream career, now was heavy. It was like 
I, I kind of lifted out of this timeline where comedy was what I was here to do. So I felt my body start to say, we got to let go of it. And I was doing this with a friend of mine named Diego. And we realized that when you let go of something, the only reason you're stressed is your mind can only measure what you will lose and it can't see what you'll gain. This is crazy, but we started getting that if I just, okay, this stand-up comedy is heavy and I don't know what'll be on the other side of it, but I can feel its weight. I can feel it doesn't align anymore. So we were filming a little thing. We have the, the video of this where um, on a hard drive somewhere, but I said in the, in the video, I'm officially done doing comedy clubs on the road. This was at one point my dream career. And now I felt like I've like levitated out of it. So I have to honor what that is, right? I have to honor and move, like a lot of times we know what we need to do, but then we live in the opposite. And that's another place I think where all our pain and probably a lot of stress and illness comes because there's a level where you know what you are, but it's an unknown world that you don't understand. So you stay in the, the timeline yes. history and you're kind of trapping yourself, which I think the world is mirroring to us by going, hey, you knew you were free, but you kept that job you don't like. So you put yourself in lockdown. So I'm going to create a worldwide. To show you. A virtual reality of what you're doing with yourself. Yes. Like this is no different than the trap you're putting in yourself when you stay in a relationship that doesn't serve you. This is no different, right? You just, you just get to feel like you chose to do the first thing, right? Yes. So with the comedy, I said, okay, I'm done doing comedy clubs on the road. And once I said that and then made a couple, you know, calls to not go tour, I now was someone who felt like I'm this in this moment even bigger in a non-narcissistic way, hopefully, like even bigger than those things that I think that I am that make me something, right? So the next week I was supposed to be doing a comedy club. But instead, I was home and I had this insight show up where it was like, you know, what if you combine comedy and transformation? And I, and I remember my ego qu much quieter. My ego was there, but quieter. And my calling was louder versus the ego being loud. Uh, the ego said, you know, well, no one's ever done it like the way you want to do it. And I remember my, my soul going, right, no one's ever done it the way you want to do it. Like it's your own field. So what if you combine comedy and transformation? And I had, a, I had Diego come over and film me making 500 videos mm -hmm. for different bookers of schools. And I had performed as a stand-up comic at a bunch of colleges. So I made videos for all of those bookers by name. And I made video after video where I was like, Hey, this is Kyle. This is for Diane Johnson at North Idaho University. I want to do the lecture circuit at your school versus comedy. I would like to do, I'd like to talk to the kids as a, as a transformational speaker, but bring comedy into it. And I remember that we comic comedic friends of mine saying, you know, what are you doing? You could be doing a comedy club, you know, for whatever five grand for the week. And I was just doing this weird thing instead that I couldn't, you know, see where it would lead. And at one point it led to, I don't know, around a hundred colleges saying yes at a way higher price. So it was like all of a sudden $10,000 gigs for one night where I go and say what I truly believe. And I had just birthed the new career. Like I had just birthed this new thing. And then like, uh, Michael Beckwith was running Agape and they had um, they had an open mic thing. And I went over there and did a set and 
it was weird. Instead of me headlining a comedy club, I'm like in a lineup with like a nine year old playing the violin and, you know, but immediately people were there that were like heads of Paramount and give me their, and I just noticed this is a faster route of things are coming to me as I follow me versus me chasing anything. And so at one point I was booking all these colleges and I had a huge agency that was getting 10% of the colleges, but they had nothing to do with these gigs. So they were starting to feel out of alignment because I'm giving them money, but they're not, they weren't even supporting the higher thing that I wanted to do. They just wanted me to go back to doing standup. And I, and I have a rule now with myself too, where if I'm justifying keeping something, I have to let go of it. So I have a daughter, she's four, she's amazing. And you'll never hear me be like, well, she gets good medical, so I'll keep being her father, right? Oh, yeah. You know, there are things that we do keep in our life that we justify. Like when you go, I hate this job, but I'm gonna get a promotion soon. That guy treats me like crap, but he did take me to a nice dinner. Yeah, it happens all the time. A lot of people stay in the old structure because they're getting these little micro benefits and they don't realize like what you said, that when we step into something higher, it's even more benefits, it's even more flourishing. Well, and what is that? Why do we, you know, like with what I do now, I'm not justifying it. Like if you heard me start talking about what I do for a living, like it's good. Like, it, you know, I help people. You'd hear in the vibration that I'm talking that I don't like it. Or if I was on a date with someone and I was like, I do like your hair. You can tell I don't want to date this person. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so why do we do that? What is that? In my eyes, that's your mind trying to make sense out of why you're ignoring your calling your body's actually telling you it's heavy. Yeah. So to keep it in your life, you have to explain to yourself why you're doing something so out of integrity with your soul, right? So this happens all the time. So this agency was a huge agency and I could hear myself say, well, they're getting me out for auditions for movies, so I should keep them. But my body was going, they don't align. And so I went through this thing where I was like, do I let go of them? I mean, they're, they're one of those agencies like Tom Hanks is with them, you know, it's like, but my body was like, let go of them. Yeah. So I let go of them. And right after that, <clears throat> I get the most bizarre specific call that you would think just came out of a Kyle Cease ultimate fantasy, which was a company formed called Gate. Jim Carrey and Eckhart Tolle combined forces and created an event called Gate. They saw my work and wanted me to come speak at it. Now, Jim Carrey and Eckhart Tolle are the most polar opposite energies on the planet. And the two people that people often said to me, I'm what would happen if they had a kid. Like if Jim oh Carrey and Eckhart Tolle had a baby. Wow. And so right after I dropped this huge agency, it was like I was declaring to the universe, I trust it. And then it goes, okay, check this out. You're now speaking at an event that Jim Carrey and Eckhart Tolle have partnered and created. In the audience were 2,000 producers. And because I had, had 2,000 people, but they were also movie producers and all kinds of different other stuff. Because I had let go of the agency that was so big, I suddenly was a person that was even bigger than that dream now. Like my connection to the now was bigger. So all ideas of I'm not worthy and need to keep and have to impress other people were gone. So when I went and spoke at this event, Jim Carrey wasn't on a pedestal for me. He was, he was even with me. Like in my body, I was just honored to be there. But at the same time, there wasn't a me that's like, 
because I wasn't holding on to needing to impress casting directors and agents and people. And I'm the person that eats what I don't want to eat, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. I'm now like free in this thing where I'm in this freer place. So I go on stage and I ad lib a six minute set that just was ridiculous. And it was all about what I said. I see them in the fourth row, Jim Carrey and Eckhart Tolle are in the fourth row. And I say, this is really weird. Cause I'm told all the time that I'm what would happen if Jim Carrey and Eckhart Tolle had a baby. And then I said, I don't know if you're picturing that Eckhart, it's a thought. So I know you're not. Um, <laughs> some of you guys might think that that joke's offensive, but it's in the past. So Eckhart doesn't even know about it. And the place went nuts. And then after the event, a bunch of producers came up and just started offering me parts in movies, right? So when I, when you think you need to keep something for a certain reason, it's actually lowering. Like if, you, if you're like, I need to keep this relationship so I can feel love, it might be in the way of you feeling love. So life started becoming more about letting go than making it happen. And I noticed that when I let go, I, I like realign and the patterns that would need to keep those things in my life fall out too, right? So if you are a person who's like scared to be lonely and then you finally get alone for a while, the pattern that was bringing people in constantly to fill that void also dies and you lose the fear of aloneness because the trauma comes out and it leaves, right? So this was really weird because life for me is just... Anything in my life at that point, anything in my life that wasn't a 10 vibrationally, I let go of. And I would have to ask my body within three seconds, like, do I want to keep this in my life? And if, if it was, you know, an eight, you, I could hear myself justifying keeping it, I would let go of it, right? And, and this caused me to keep just being surrounded by a higher now. It caused, you know, less addictions. It caused different things. Uh, that made life feel less heavy. And I feel like that was kind of the third stage, which Michael Beckwith calls these, has a thing about different stages. This to me is is the through me stage, right? Where you're in the now and you're kind of magically, things are just happening for you and they mirror it. And I feel like now I'm entering a fourth stage, which is which is a oneness stage. This is, I feel like I'm in the final stages of releasing really deep trauma in in my body and even in the past few weeks i've been crying a little bit each day and just being with the now and um you know i feel like the universe has created a world that helps speed that up where you know my my you know my remaining little addiction is optimism it's like it's like it's this weird thing to say but right now darkness is trying to come up and my little addiction that's left is like everything will be fine soon because it's all coming up and we're gonna all be free yes. as an escape from what's here yes from really feeling the depth of the hopelessness which yes. is is always a, a transitional thing anyway but if i'm gonna really surrender what i sometimes have to jump into that's in the now is the deep seemingly endless endless pit of despair Right. instead of using hope or positivity to avoid it. Completely. I mean, and it's weird because it's on, like, I feel like the little addictions that are left in my body would be in a very advanced place in most spiritual teachings in the past. Like this would be a, an ultimate place to get to yes. a couple of years ago. And I feel like it's, I can see, it's weird because I can see that lie. And so I'm just kind of now 
you know, being with that, like, and, and it's also caused me to lose my ability to grab on anything external for hope, right? Like even the highest spiritual teachings now, like I, I, I sometimes hear to support different things, but like, it's down to me and me now. And I can feel like there's a little lingering addictive, oh, check that oneness speaker or whatever. And it's like, no, like, it, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yes, exactly. 100%. You, you feel the addiction of, oh, let me get a hit from that book of, of the lift, of the lift up, of the right. hope, of the increase my frequency. And, right. and then that won't be available anymore. It will feel, you'll, I'll feel the graspiness in that and say, no, what, what if I just meet what's coming up that I'm trying to use that book to avoid? And yeah. then sometimes what I'll meet is so, so uh, deep, dark, overwhelming. And I'd say in the past few years, it would be really hard. And now I finally, little inkling, gotten to the point of thank you, thank you, thank you, because I know what's actually happening. Yeah. I know what's actually being created and transmuting in that moment. And, and like you said, the release of the outer, it, we're, not even, we're not even in the duality of the outer world and focusing on if I let this go, then it will create the good thing, which is still conditional. And like you said, even that will feel right. So you're still using your, your revelation that came from the last highest breakthrough as what you think is encouragement for the current breakthrough, but it's actually the distraction because you're grabbing a mental construct to not fall into what the next breakthrough is and you still have to go through whatever darkness it has for you. And so it, it goes, I need you to be with this. I need you to experience this. And your mind's like, oh, that'll be so great when I do that. Or, you know, what I notice is the figure outer pattern. A lot of my clients have a figure outer pattern. And what I mean by that is like, when someone has their first breakthrough, they could be like, I feel unloved. And we might do this work where we go, okay, where did that come from? And we find this childhood thing. But now there's people that just go right to the figuring out when that's not actually what we need to do. Meaning like, they'll be like, I'm feeling off. I'm trying to figure out where it comes from. If it's my, and, and they're using that to not, I, by the way, I have to say, I feel how much you hear me. It's amazing. Cause like, it's like, there's so much depth to you to get what I'm saying. Do you, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm you're like crying inside with how much I'm feeling that as well? It's so incredible. I just see you actually getting it. Like, do you know how I'm not, boy, it sounds like I'm knocking people with it. Like when you're giving a point and they'll be like, totally. And then they'll take you to some advanced, like some example that wasn't your point. And you're like, okay, yeah. So yeah. And you're like, okay, we'll just totally. <laughs> so I feel like, like gut to gut with you here. You know what I mean? It's like heart to heart. Like I'm just, I feel you getting it. And it's like, it's, it's really exciting because that expands the conversation versus you know, we got to pause and I re-explain it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can feel that too. I can feel so much getting created by the exchange. And I actually had the thought like, is anyone going to get this? And then the comments, I haven't even acknowledged our comments here, but we see you guys and said, I love this. This is magical. I've been waiting for this. I love this conversation. Um, and people are really, uh, really resonating with what, what you're sharing here. Um, so, so that was a funny thing that I had that little blip of like, are, are we speaking on a dimension that anyone else can hear? Well, we should look at that because that's one of, so you and I are speaking to a public, right? And we have one remaining thing that goes, are they getting it? 
which is probably is dad getting it or is mom getting it, right? Yeah. And is for me, it's, it's am I, I think there's identity that still gets that little thread of identity that's entwined with this. Yeah. Uh, am I mm -hmm. serving the world? Well, if there's no I, I could just erase the chalkboard of that and just uh, even show up more organically as the one who really can't be understood, but it's okay to just be that free and that dropped in and let the understanding come later. Actually, I bet you'll, your audience matches that. You know, like if we're in the vibration of are they getting this, you'll have a different audience that you're, you're keeping up. But you, you obviously speak from that level of depth, but you're right. Every moment we have a choice of, do I stay in what I know and understand it? Or do I drop it to explain it to someone that might not? And, and our job more and more, I feel like is I'm, I'm, I found myself very recently people that aren't quite getting it and I'm fine with it because I'm I'm really here for my ascension. I'm here for, you know, like if I'm just stuck in the teacher role, like I, I'm going to actually screw this up. I, I don't want to say the screw this up, but I'm going to be caught in a in a level where I'm the teacher versus mm -hmm. the teaching is a byproduct of my own vulnerability with the now. Yes. Yes. And not from identity, but from just pure beingness. Yeah, I, I saw that a lot in myself in the last decade of where there's this banter going on of everything I'm accelerating into and everything I'm downloading and learning will automatically do this little, oh, here's how I would explain it to someone. Oh, here's how I want to share it. Yeah. Totally. It for, at first didn't feel so heavy. And then it became like, you're going to eventually have to let that piece go and just keep expanding for you. And whatever gets created from that, is created from that because now it became, uh, I'm going to teach it. So then I get this like return on that exchange as opposed then to I get external love or then, yeah. then I get more success or then I won't be abandoned or then. Right. So like, and, and meanwhile, here's the breakthrough happening for you right now. And we're already like, Oh, how do I get that out as content? Right. Like versus like how, what am I experiencing right now? Like imagine, imagine God's perspective. If God had any human traits where it's just like, I'm here to share this with you. And like within three seconds, you're like, oh, I got to go tell that, you know, and you're just like, oh, okay, well, well, in 2021, you'll be back. Like you're, you're really be here because all these things are for us. And then our next unseen pattern is like, mom will see me through this. Or I know mine is, you know, like now I'm legit with this, right? And this authenticity, hopefully, that we're bringing here gives the audience even more permission to, to have that authenticity in themselves or, or look at that in themselves. Because I think too many of us have been, many of us have been playing in the role of, of pedestal and our vulnerability and our lostness is also something to be seen, you know, our, I'm, I'm in the work. I happen to... I think I'm really good at what I do, but I'm not even what I do. I'm what's unfolding and that gets better as a byproduct, but I am lost all the time and I love it. Mm. You know? I mean, I'm crying every day. You know, I'm, I am, I, I've been pulling up patterns of unseen stuff and, and crazy pain from childhood and they've been coming out. And it's, I, if you're, if you're one of the members of my thing, you're watching me cry through things on, stuff and then have a, an even better meditation and you know 
we're just all in the work. Every everyone is in the work. Eckhart. You know, a lot of people ask that. They ask, "Do I finally get there where it's not uh, work?" Right. And and I think what they really want to know is, "Do I finally get to a place where it's actually smooth, where I can move through things smoothly?" Which is a better question. Um, but what they ask from is it's almost like, is there a there where now I don't have to move through all this turmoil? And what I always say is um, that I'm always moving through so many densities, but that I found the way to do it that's lighter and more fun and more fluid. And like, when you say you cry every day, it it probably is an amazing experience of aliveness, not the miserable yeah. thing I'm trying to avoid. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. Mike, you're right. That's a very important distinction because sometimes crying you know, if you're if you're in a trying to keep everything together, you can just finally cry because you can't keep it together. Crying also can be just a, re, a giant opening. And you're, I'm voluntarily aiming for that all day. Like, I'm like, <laughs> you know, like I, I've had patterns that have kept certain things in my life that I didn't know I was keeping. And and they fill up the, the false story of Kyle that you know, is chasing mom's approval or, or whatever. And I find myself getting very present and going, okay, don't, don't watch that video or pull that, per, call that person or, and just, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to fall apart. Like, that's the goal. You know, the goal is now the byproduct of now is fall apart. Right. That is a, a big statement that could have a lot of people really like we're going to either go into survival or go into the the harmony of oneness and peace well and the I think how we respond to that statement is going to have you go oh crap a total annihilation no let me keep my existing thing which is awesome because if you consciously choose survival you are going to see what that creates and eventually make a new choice anyway that's, well that's the other thing i was talking to someone the other day about is there free will at all because you know you're right. When you, you choose, let's say you choose survival, life will be like, okay, you want more? Like, yeah. And, and when you, if I, what I'm saying is scary to just get in the now and fall apart, ask yourself what that's scary to. Ask yourself, is it actually scary to the me that's just sitting here in the chair? Or is it scary to a pattern that has had to protect itself constantly? Because if I didn't, my mom slapped me again. Or you know what I'm saying? Like that. Or that I got really, judged again. Or I had to feel right. the hit of that judgment and shame again. Which for a child, you link to survival because these people that are doing that are also the people that feed you and, and house you, right? So here's these people that are like the only people you can look up to for thoughts and advice and then and then this and then if they turn on you you start to learn like god is this faulty that's god right and to you and that's what the this energy is and the so you you become and you call it your name like i am someone who is always in survival i'm someone who procrastinates but that's not what you are you're literally only now. You're the all that isness of this moment. There is no past. It doesn't exist. You to, to go to the past, you can escape the now and mentally watch a movie of the past, but we can't physically go there. We can't go to the future, right? We can't, there's no such thing. There's literally only this. Everything we're doing with this mind and body is an argument with this based on not enough information, mm -hmm. right? So that's what's trying to survive. And if you start to really connect to the now, you see that 
that's crazy. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's happened for a long time, but it's just scared that if it comes to light again, it'll be abandoned again. And we're here to see that. Like we're here to connect to that. This is what keeps people in a disease pattern for so much. It's not just identifying with my autoimmune disease, my fibromyalgia, my cancer. It's the underlying idea that if I let go of the one who's protecting me from ultimately um, inadequacy, uh, then I'll just be inadequate. How can I let that happen? So to me, the, the the big question is, is the ultimate truth that I'm inadequate? And so therefore, you, yeah, you got to keep protecting. Or is the ultimate truth that that's just a state you're going to move through maybe very quickly when you do surrender to come into the truth, which is your wholeness? What you're talking about in that example is the ego protecting, right? And if the ego's protecting, God can't. Right. I would rather delegate my protection to God than live in fight or flight. And you'll know you have doses of fight or flight that you can see have created 100% of the time the evidence that it actually is creating the thing that you're worried about. Right. In other words, yes. The people that are scared to be broke are broke. The people that are scared to, be single or single, the people that are scared to whatever you're, none of those are bad, by the way, I'm just saying whatever you're most scared of, life has to create it for you. So you can see that you're fine without it and let go. Yes. Right. So, you know, I've had to do it with uh, the, the biggest thing for me to not hold on to. And I know any parent knows what this is like is, is the egoic version of protecting my daughter. Yes. Right. And I, and I, and I can feel this little tie from like my stomach to hers of like, okay, this is all only my egoic job, but I can feel also the egoic pain. And there'd be a cry out here if I surrendered a little bit and the belief that the ego creates from a different dimension than when it's released is that if I let go, it'll create harm. So instead of me staying in this and creating an overprotection. Like we know when we overprotect, you can create the problems a lot of times, right? Instead, I, I break that off and allow surrender. And from surrender, I'm now not tethered in that scared way and can actually create a new world where quite a bit of those things would never happen, yes. right? Like, like if I'm tethered to fear, then I'm, I'm not able to birth the, you don't, what we don't understand is a new world is trying to birth through you. Yes. <laughs> like billion dollar ideas are trying to birth through you. Now, if you're God and if God's coming down and being like, I have a new world for you, but picture that God's looking down at you and you're looking down at your phone. And so you're not receiving it. You're just looking through, oh, Amber said this on Facebook about pie. And she's such an, you know, and you're just like, and, and God's like, I have the next steps for you. And you're just looking down. What do I do about this thing? And, you know, no, Biden, whatever. And you're just in this place. And God's like, could you just receive me? But you're in this constant fight or flight over here. To fix the existing world. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is crazy if you really think, like, you're not supposed to, we are used to living in a world where we think we're supposed to be constantly tethered to fear, right? But that's crazy. 
And if if you go on a date with someone and you're in the constant fear that they won't like you, you will actually unconsciously sabotage everything so that your ego isn't wrong and you can see that you're still alive even when they don't like you. Do you get what I'm saying? Like you yes. actually, I don't want to be annoying. I don't want to be too much. I don't mean to be too much. I don't mean to be too much. Like you're, you're creating it. And then you're like relieved when they leave because your biggest fear was that they wouldn't like you and now you're over it. Yes. So you actually create the fear of what you're worried about. You so know? that you can experience the wholeness of knowing it was okay anyway. Right. Can I actually give you an example? I'm worried like I'm talking too much, but I want to give you an example. <laughs> right. Everybody loves it. Let's just show, I don't know if you can see the comments if I don't post oh, them. Thank you, so Sharon. We get like lots of love. Um, Okay. Oh, Mary works with oh, me. Oh, shit. This is the ego protecting or God. I love this conversation. You know, we have lots of love. So you guys, thank you for tuning in and, and being a part of this. It's it's awesome. I think that if people are crying. Um, so, yes, please. One thing I, I see this time as, you know, is the end of our doer and our egoic achievement. Like, and, and imagine instead, this is like a gigantic long, I mean, like multi-year winter of cleaning out. And so imagine you have a suitcase of stuff inside. And if you don't look at it, you have an egoic idea writing on top of it. That's like, what do I do? What do I do? I create this, I create this. But you'll notice that all of your, does, I bet you'll notice this, Kim, and I bet all your listeners notice this. Your what do I do, there's no answer that actually has a full-on long-term hold anymore. Meaning there's no, many people in relationships that are not perfect are like, do we stay together? Do we break up? And there's like a hunt, there's no tangible answer anymore. Mm -hmm. I can't figure out if I should never talk to this person again or if I should marry him. I yep. know none of those black and white ways work anymore. Yes. Yes. Right? So yes. there's no. So when I get a lot of clients, they say, I'm trying to figure out what to do about. And I'm like, that's your problem. Your what do I do is your escape from what you're feeling. And and instead of saying, what do I do? I'm saying, what are you? What do you feel? What's here right now? What's what's inside? Because the what do I do says in every I had 1400 one on one since COVID started. Every what do I do is if I is it has a story they don't know about. If I do it wrong, my parents will divorce again when I was five. If I do it wrong, I won't be enough, according to my dad. Does this make sense? Like, yes, that, that's the thing that's that might not be seen yet. Right. So that little layer of action and achievement of what you're going to do egoically is on its last legs. Yes. And you're in this crazy, I'm stuck surrendering. I don't get this. Now magic happens because you're merging with God. The you that knew or needed to understand or figured it out or egoically achieved anything is dying. And it's in hospice right now. And you're the hospice care center. You're, you are the hospice for that ego, right? Mm -hmm. so like, I see you. You're allowed. You know, I love you. Thank you for protecting me all the way up till now. Like, thank you for getting me out of that jam in the 60s with my parents. Or thank you for, right? But 
now you're you're done and and then it actually dies and it dissolves into you yeah it's an important distinction what you just said where most people think that the death of the ego is like let me just keep stabbing it till it finally goes right like, wait, nurture it through hospice what yeah. and i'm seeing through this last minutes here of how much compassion i have to keep having for myself yes where there's like wherever I go off the moment, whenever I go off the presence, whenever I'm focusing on something that is the old, the old pattern. And even over the last years, I've had to learn to have compassion for that one, not keep trying to annihilate it. Right. It's, that's exactly right. You, there's you, and what you'll start to realize is, so this space we're in right now, there's a space here, not, not just the air, but there's some space that's beyond it. This space has the capacity to see everything, meaning like it, it can create, it can be a space that holds space for horrible wars. It can hold space for both the question of is there free will and is there not? It can hold space for two completely opposing opinions, but they're both factually right that they feel that way, right? This space is everything. This space also, if you listen to it long enough, will see everything here. And the space has no judgment. It has no fixing. It has no, what do I do? It just is. And as we do this work and we listen, like I wake up and I usually get about two hours of meditation in a day. Some days I miss it, but I get close to that. I listen to the space. Eventually all these things inside start to kind of get seen. And I realize I'm the space. I'm not even the body. I'm not even the story, right? I'm the space seeing even the highest achievement I've ever had. I'm the space seeing. And the longer you listen, the more it's you move into this amazing calm oneness and you stop being, what do I do? And it starts to be, what is source doing through me? And there's no more you anymore. It's what's source doing through me. And it adjusts the external to match the internal. Here's where the crazy talk is. Play with this concept. What if life is mirroring you 100%? Like everyone has their own virtual reality game going. And what if as you see your darkness, weirdly the darkness on the external just comes to light and gets healed the same day. Like what if when you are here, like the whole outside mirrors that because as you keep doing this, you lose the illusion of separation. You lose you lose that there and then there's no more judgment or pain or, or making it happen anymore because it all is just what it is right you're it's such a good listener you're the best listener i've ever had on a podcast like you're just so you are a space kim like you're so present for this content to come through because you're not in a vibe of like wait okay if you're the space then you know like you're really with me <laughs> like it's amazing it's amazing it's um i'll just share that um it took a lot to be space like there's so much pain and so much um not not like oh, all the pain that's out there in the world it's i actually always you, you to experience it, it there's only one place to experience pain it's not their pain those right. people out there, it's like, wait, where's the pain really? And when you meet it, it's so freaking massive. And the only thing I've ever found that would have me keep saying yes to my experience and like, you know, being in the now versus escaping um, was the awareness that 
it's not just me. Like it, it's for everything. It's for everyone. It's for everything that I care about. You know, if I care about my world, then freaking show up, Kim, and cut the crap of avoiding. And so my my biggest intention has been like to be space, but that piece of compassion was like my the essential component because all the ways I'm not space, I see that. I see where I'm like so distracted and uh, doing the thing, like be really fast so you stay high. And I don't like that, but I've had to love that because it's really not going anywhere if I keep battling it. It's like, no matter how much I want to just be wholeness now, I have to be what I am now. <laughs> Which is and that what you just said is so profound. And you're at a level of space where you're literally like healing yourself with your dialogue while you're saying it, which is so wonderful. And then I would ask you that part that sometimes goes, I, I got to get that high or that thing. Does it, do you have any identification of what it's scared it will lose if it doesn't like yes. or what, the, what the pattern is? Yes. Yeah. So two things. Um, I have known really deep depression and despair. And then the pattern was like, avoid that, avoid, don't sink in, don't sink in, it will eat you alive. Wow. And so that has definitely like, no, no, you, you got nothing on me there, I'm, I'm going. And so that's been a big dissolution, but the habit is what has still been there. The, the it's habit. It's really interesting to hear what you're saying and it's so good for your audience and me too, it's like, Okay, so you've had if you you had depression before, and the pattern goes, we don't want to feel this again. So what it's doing is it's judging it, right? And it goes, yeah. we don't want that. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily mean that if you fully accepted depression, that you would be depressed now because you're in a a, a new frequency. Hundred percent. So what I see the depression as is a. a a past pattern that's still being judged, which keeps it down. Right. And if you're yes. just like, I, I am so thankful for that depression I had. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's totally allowed. And you in a, you're in a place where you really actually accept that pattern, which you're already, you're at, I'm not saying I'm not coaching you. I'm just for the audience watching. Massive. And, and for me too, like that, our problem is there are things in our past we still have a judgment of and don't want to feel again. Mm -hmm. So we keep pushing that down and then decisions are literally, so I don't feel shame again. So I don't feel depressed again. So I don't feel whatever. And what if we just in, in go in this moment, this moment, that can have space for wars sure can hold space for the depression you had in 2006. It can totally, I'm guessing the year, it totally. Here there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it. And so all these things are just trying so hard to come to light. And sometimes when they do, so I don't get depressed, I'll go on the phone a bunch or I'll go online or whatever, or whatever. It's that when we don't, then it has to come up. Right. Yes. So I, I, I just think that's fantastic and it shows. And, and it's weird because life is so cool that for you to get out of having the constant shame of your depression or the judgment of it, <clears throat> you have to become more oneness. Like you can't get out of expanding. Life is like, there, there's no tricking the universe to getting rid of this. It will happen when you actually finally learn unconditional love and forgiveness. There's no way out of it. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Yeah, that's the the part when we were looking for destination, like, Kim, will I finally get there? I mean, I'll do this work, but do I finally get to a, a place where I stop expanding? 
And, and the answer is no, because our nature is expansion. But like we shared before, I, I've definitely gotten to a place where I'm in fluidity, way more fluidity with what's happening. So it, it's all mostly joy. It's yeah. not that we don't have any glitches, but they don't really, I don't buy into it at all. I'm like, oh, as much as this feels glitchy, no, not a big deal. And, you right. know, bounce out of it. It's so nice when it just feels glitchy versus it's against a whole, you know, wall, you know, which also we can transcend. But it, I know that glitchy feeling where it's just passing through real quick. And still, still intense, but it always calls me to say like, how can my compassion be bigger than this? Because yeah. it's always like weightlifting for developing more compassion and developing more authenticity and honesty and transparency and love, which is all day long what I'm asking for. So all of it is giving me the strength to be more love, which is more power, which is actually the only thing I've ever wanted is to be that power of light and to be that power of transmutation and to be that power of, you know, when a patient comes and they're like, my fibromyalgia, and I can see the 10 different dimensions of why they're manifesting that pain syndrome. Yeah. Well, and the powerlessness I was in, I wanted to fix them. I wanted to help them. But as I began to meet what was in me, the despair in me, I, there was nothing to do. They would just walk in the room and there was a healing that happened. Right, right. I, well, I was noticing that with you, like you actually do, like you do hold that, like you're, like I'll say to the audience watching, there is no question that you are the real thing, like really the real thing. Like I'm talking to you and I, you know, I mean, it's a corny thing and I know you do too, but I, I feel energy and you can feel when someone is a character above the entire trapped thing or, and I don't mean that with any judgment, we're all perfect. We're just that, that exists. Or when it's like that you can feel they have somewhat access to the trauma, but they don't want to go into it or whatever. You just feel like a now God energy, like that's just the real thing. And I think that is, see, I think that is the most valuable thing on the planet is like we think it we our egos move as if it's money right and or or some type of security but at one point the hierarchy of how we see what our highest assets are is going to change and at one point it will be it, it is already but it won't be public knowledge for a while but it is it will be vibration like you in your highest vibration is worth more than all the money in the world yeah Right. And that will be something the world will want to be going to because you're opening up that, you know, think of think of trauma and, and those energies in terms of suitcases. Right. Some people have hundreds of suitcases. You know, I feel like there's there's like you have a handbag now. It's almost gone. Right. Like it's just like, it's just a purse. like it's very it's a purse. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like very light. It's there's it's just here and now and very aligned, you know, and. Mm -hmm. So people should know if they're, you know, watching your work, that they're really with someone that's clearly in the real work. That's the real thing. And that's that's someone that can hold a space that can open us up because where what's open and where we talk from is where the listener will will listen from. Right. Oh, so Kyle, I have to tell you, this is so, so powerful. And I, I'm receiving everything you're saying too. So just like aside that, when I heard you and it was um, it was less than two years ago, 
I was in that next like expansion, like really ready for another big ego death, but like struggling. And I was listening. I was lying in the bed with my husband and my daughter. We were at my mom's house. So we're in this like small little bed and I couldn't sleep. So I put the thing and I found this guy, Kyle Cease. And it moved me so powerfully and so cellularly. I had to get out of the bed. And I wrote, I have it right here. I swear to God, I have it here. I, I didn't realize why last week I found it in a book. I swear to God. And I, um, I, just, I sat with myself in a deeper, deeper space than ever before. It was like a come to Jesus moment with Kim and Kim. And then it, it was telling me, do this, do this, do this, get rid of this, get rid of this, get rid of this. And it was so clear, so clear, so clear. And then I sat for, it was an hour. I just sat until I sat, you know, and um, let it go deeper and go deeper and go deeper. And then after that hour, I just asked the question. My mind is like, holy crap. Well, what about this? And what about this? And what about that? And what about that? And it answered every single thing. And I, and I dropped into a, a whole different dimension of myself. And I then did, this is so weird. At that moment, I said, you're going to do um, 100 days. You're going to sit every day. That's your job that you make your appointment with yourself. This is what you're doing. Wow. And it was only after that I listened to more of your stuff and saw that that video, all I knew was it was called like day 63. I'm like, that's a weird title for video. <laughs> and it was later that I, uh, I was aware this was a hundred day meditation. You did two hours a day. This is day 63. And that it, it, because of the space you were in, it just immediately put me in that same space. You move, you changed my life so powerfully. Wow. I had no idea. And I'm honored. And, and what you just said is, you know, I, I love sitting in, in silence for a long period of time. And <clears throat> when people ask me, and I'm sure you could say the same thing, how we have our insights is, I got to say, it's literally from that. It's from that. And it's from um, letting go of things that don't align and moving towards what does. And the reason I say that is because anyone watching can access this. It's a choice. It's not, do I have the magical powers? It's, do you understand what I'm saying? It's yes. like, it's, it's a choice. It a choice. <laughs> yeah. And you chose to do the emotional equivalent of going to the gym for a hundred days in a row. And you know, it shows, I can feel your soul and I, and your heart. And I so appreciate the kind words. I mean, I'm just saying what this thing says. Yes, yes. <laughs> but you've, done, you've done the work to drop in to a much deeper dimension. And that's why, what we'll call others. Like how many people even listening here have heard someone say some of this stuff before, or maybe it's on a bumper sticker somewhere and it's a good idea. Yeah but it doesn't have power unless it's embodied. And that's like no joke. Like that's why I was uh, sharing earlier, like, wow, it's it's really been, I'm like, I'm honoring myself that I did go through the hard thing of being willing to embody that darkness and embody that depth of presence in those dark spaces because it was like, why, why, why do we feel like this? Why is this happening? Why am I going through this like wicked, unexplicable density? I haven't had xyz happened in my life that like matches this i haven't had some big thing and now i've got to unwind it this is just like a 
a density I don't even have words for or an understanding of and like, really, I should surrender to this. So the mind was like, this doesn't make sense. But the yes came from so that I am more whole, so that I I am more light, so that I am more of what I am. And then the commitment to that was bigger than the resistance to the fear or the density or or needing to understand. And that's why the work when you shared that one video was so powerful. It's because of where you are residing. You know, I had many years in that second, I call it the three octaves, you know, that you're in the first octave of like, victim life is happening to me, but if I just do the right thing, I'll get the prize. And then you awaken and you're like, wait a minute, you know, life boots you into the second octave of make it happen. I, I'm a creator. It's my responsibility. And, but you get really busy. Right. And not until you are conscious enough to realize that that is not peaceful and it is not harmonious that you now choose to go into that higher octave and let go and right. surrender. And I was for years really frustrated of like, wow, there's so many people in medicine and in like health and wellness in that second octave who are, who are saying the right words, but like not embodying it. And it was right. driving me crazy, but it was like, well, how is that actually? Because there's remnants of me, not that it was still there, but remnants of me that I haven't embraced, the remnants of me that are still there that I haven't had compassion for. Because it wasn't about Kim, don't be like that person. It was embrace where you are like that person, embrace where you are still yeah. grasping, embrace where you are still feeling separate and fear and just love that part. And that's what I had to clean up until that was really, I think, what that breakthrough was, that that moment in, in that. That's amazing. That's beautiful. Yeah, embrace that that's where you are. Because it, it is weird how much when we're triggered by something, I know that feeling too, where you're like, that speaker doesn't mean what they're saying, you know, whatever, and you're, you're in this place. But first of all, then, why am I judgmental of it? Why would I care? You know, what is it bringing up in me? Oh, was there a place of inauthenticity in me that I, I'm not even being authentic with myself, you know? You know, I was thinking about like, I had a pattern in me that says, you know, I, I want people to see me. Like there's like a legitimate seeing, like if I'm just trying to make a point and have someone stay present with it until it's understood or something like that. And I notice that anytime I chase someone else seeing me, I'm leaving my inner child. So I'm not seeing it. It's it's me. Like this, here's this little me going, I want to be seen. And I'm looking down at him going, you got it. Let's find someone. Okay. <laughs> this girlfriend, you'll, you see me now. And like, I'm going to abandon you. And it's like, if, if, if the person I'm with does see me, that's nice, but it still actually keeps the addiction going that it needs to be this way. This is why the universe is pulling stuff from you is because, oh, that person was the ultimate person. They totally saw me. I know, but you didn't see you. Yes. Right. So like, that's how patterns work, right? Like, why am I triggered that they do that? Oh, because you're, you know, there's so many patterns I find in people where they're saying, whatever they say, you know, I'm scared that my, this person will reject me. You're rejecting yourself in caring what they do. Do you yes. get what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. It's amazing how it's us with the kid. That's it. And it's amazing how powerfully and overtly the world is giving us the 
gift of like, okay, I'm going to take that away because it's a crutch and you're not going to get there while you have this. So let me just take that away. And now you lost that girlfriend or now you don't have that job or now, you know, all these sources you thought were your source. We're going to just make those go away. So you finally get that source is your source and you find the alignment because now you have no other out. Yeah. Let's, let's encourage you a little more in that direction. And so that I'm glad we came around with this because that was how I themed our, our talk today is like when the world seems to be falling apart, wait, shouldn't I just grasp and have to stay in survival now of all times? No, no. What if this is the ultimate message of like, we are showing you that survive, holding survival doesn't work. And the important thing about that is when I'm in grace and when I'm in surrender, of course, my survival is taken care of. Right. That's a big thing in medicine. People don't understand. And I think perhaps why I became an emergency medicine trauma doctor was like when I was in the embodiment, I, I was even better at like getting that person to come back to life or putting, you know, stopping the bleed or whatever the survival things were. They are taken care of in the wholeness. They're not excluded from it. Well, you know, I have an example that's kind of funny when you're driving if you turn your head when you're driving on the freeway and then you look forward in the car in front of you stopped and you just instantly slam on the brakes, right? Something in you saved your life beyond anything you yes. can control. Yes. Now, yes. what if someone told you a month before that happened, that was going to happen? And you had a month to anticipate, how am I going to save my life? And, 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 and put all this egoic month long energy into it. Mm. And probably at one point disarm the thing that would have just naturally done it because the ego's like, I got it now. Yeah. Or you'd be too tired. You'd be so depleted that reactive mechanism couldn't kick on as is its right. nature. I mean, yeah. Imagine if someone told you two years out, like in two years from now, there's going to be a time around 2 p.m. on this date that you better slam on the brakes. This is humans. This is exactly humans. Like, okay, so I'm going to be worried about that every day. Shoot your nervous system so that the actual reflex can't happen. That's what we're doing. That's what right. we're doing. And meanwhile, you had a thing that did it. So, you know, I could come up with every way that something could go wrong and, you know, have a, a barricade here and sit by my door with a gun and, you know, and just wait and almost invite a burglar in. Or I can live my life and and know that there's there's some defense you know go take a self-defense class or whatever or protect yourself and lock the door and wear a seatbelt but but don't make that the default place you live because there's a magic thing trying to ascend you out of all of that completely yes know? yes your, your system the technology of your system has got you covered it's going to right. do the thing that you don't even have to and i think like from a physical standpoint, I think there's two ways people go into the yeah, but is like with with health. Well, yeah, but I'm going to die if I don't control and with money. And I actually think that the money thing is even bigger hold on the psyche, even than your own health, that it's like, well, if you take away my money. Right. So, yeah, that sounds well and good. But how am I going to make money? This is an even bigger like trigger yeah. that keeps us in that. I'll take control. Thank you very much. I got this one from here. You know, creator that created the body I'm living in and is constantly renewing it in every moment. That's great. But, you know, this one, I think I, I got this one covered. And we clench down around these two things. So well, the time is, is to open up. It is mind blowing to me how we. Okay, so there's a way that we that making money or working at a job, even if you don't like it, is a non-negotiable. 
right? Meaning like, I'd love to hang out with you, but I got to work, right? That that That's no question. I'd love to go to the gym, but I got to work. I'd love to uh, eat healthy, but I only have an hour break and then the only place is a McDonald's, whatever. It's all around this concept of this security that's false security. So now we're making money often at a place we don't want to. We got the guarantee of money, right? That, 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 that's not a guarantee. And you got this thing and you're saying the hierarchy is that over health, over expansion, over freedom. Love. And so, and by the way, you lose everything when you do that. You lose, you lose God, you, you lose a connection to source, you lose the money too, right? You're just in the survival thing and 90% of the money ends up going to a bunch of addictive things because you're so out of alignment with your soul or fix it with this therapist or go to the, you know, get blood pressure medication and all like you're in a constant rat race, right? So I have a rule with myself. If I can see the guarantee of what I'm going to get before I do something, I usually don't do it because I want to do something without the guarantee, meaning my end itself. This is the end in of itself, not a means to an end. Right. So, so every word we've said, you can confirm not one word was planned in our dialogue today. Right. I wanted to show up and do this with you and see what unfolds. And I'm just like, Oh, you're amazing. You're a dear friend in my life. I hope. And then, and like, I'm just like, you're awesome. Right. I had no idea that was coming. If I had the guarantee of all the points I was going to get out and PowerPointed my way through this talk with you. Right. I would have been stuck to a lower frequency. Right. And when we go, Oh, I need to see that I will get something. We stop ourselves from discovering everything. So when people go, I'm meditating, but I don't get why I'm doing it. Mm. Right. Oh, see, you. Right, it's not working. It's not working because it's supposed to get this other thing. Right. Not just when I learned from your thing and I shared this with everyone, sit on the mat, wherever it's five minutes, 10 minutes, it's an hour for the purpose of connecting with yourself more fully, not so that my body will heal or so that I'll feel better or so that anything will happen. I right. sit for the purpose of connecting with myself more fully. And I thought it was hysterical when you said, I love to sit for long periods in silence. And I was like, Oh, like I did love it. I loved doing it. But that for me, I'm not, I love to sit for long periods in silence. That was the scariest horrible thing I could have imagined asking myself to do. And I only did one hour. <laughs> wow. And isn't it amazing? Like that's the scariest thing. Like people would rather hurt other people oh my God. Know, than, than just be that's with right. themselves. Yes. So that's a crazy thing. That means I'm going to have to meet all the stuff that's here. Right. All of which is actually what I'm trying to avoid out there anyway. So, so when someone goes into meditating and they, they start saying it's not working, what that means is, my egoic decision of what I pre before meditating decided was supposed to happen isn't happening. It's always working. It's just not working in the way your ego, which is a very small lens can measure. You know, when you're looking at your iPhone upload, you don't know what the wiring's doing. You just understand it's uploading. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Like you just, it's like, Oh, we're it's the, you just see a bar go across when it does that 3 AM weird upgrade on your iPhone where you know they're spying on you. Like it's like going and you're just watching this thing. You don't know the wiring or anything like that. That's how we got to meditate too. 
We got to undo our agenda. We got to undo what we're even, even undo the intention. Like, like, because it's still telling God versus letting God tell you, is God your boss or are you God's boss? Like, or is God your servant? God, I want to get this person. I want to have this thing. I want to have, I want to have this outcome with my meditation. I want to heal my body. I want to be, feel better. And God's like, well, what if I need to pull up this dark thing from you? What if I need to make it chaos for a minute? What if I need to remove something you can't see? And you're sitting here trying to just make money like, or whatever. It's like, I, tr trust me, when I pull that crap out, money will be coming towards you because it's the, it's the vibrational match to your vibration, but don't, don't need it first. Don't, you know. And health too. Same thing. A hundred percent, same thing. And that's a trickier one. Cause you're like, but I am my body, but I have to have that before I could feel good. And I, I know that's, it's just not true. Could I've had patients who have cancer. And then when we first do the transmutation, they're like, I've never felt more joy and more whole in my life. And if we did the scan in that 10 oh. seconds, like the tumors may still be there. And I've seen them resolve and I've seen them get smaller and I've seen them go away. But in this 10 seconds, if you look, you might not witness that. So let that be also not a condition. Kim, that's huge. Should I be calling you Dr. Kim? Should I be, or Kim PhD? We haven't established. Um, I have to say the frequency you're talking from is so big. And what one of the roles that's calling me is I'm so here to be an outside voice that supports it. Because what you're saying is a tangible thing that is really big, that you're even more than the body, that your joy can still happen and your connection to source can happen even if there's a tumor in the body, even if there's these things. So what you can get is, well, the body has to be perfect before I'm happy is actually a limitation. And it's you trapping yourself within the realms of the body. Mm -hmm. And I've seen people do that. I've seen people that are like, I have to get everything, like I have to eat exactly right here. I have to do this thing. I have to do this thing. And the vibrational belief is that there's all these things because they're capped at believing that they're the body. And so then they start being in fight or flight with how do I keep the body perfect? And that actually causes the illness. Yes. hundred percent. Yes. Right? And so you're bringing up a concept that kind of matches in a different way. What I'm saying, which is that we're, we're, we're moving to a place that's beyond the body. You're moving beyond the separate story of the separate self, the story of Kyle, the story of whatever. And you're not even in physical form, the separate self. You're the all that isness, and your job is to connect to the all that isness, and it will it will help that. Because the consciousness at one point probably was the collective consciousness probably at one point was at just you're the body. Do you get what I mean by this? Like yes. the collective consciousness was the full line of consciousness was we're all factory workers. And then it's the eighties and there's entrepreneur boom and achievers and Tony Robbins. Okay. So then it keeps going up right now. We're at a frequency where just being the body is, is smaller. It's very like 1996. You get what I'm saying? It's like yes. the, the oneness place that we're moving towards is is a fact and and i just maybe it's something that i need outside to have another person voice that oneness place as a truth like you just did because like sometimes you have this this calling and it's a concept and you see it and then sometimes one other person that sees it exactly the same like makes it you're not crazy you know? yes first yeah. follower yes 
And so it's like, yeah, first follower, exactly. And so now it's like, you know, you're bringing up that, that, that connection, probably also your joy is in connecting to more than the body. Like, it's like, you're, oh, I'm connecting to the ethers and God and source. And yeah, the body's an antenna, but I'd rather have a scratched up antenna that connects to source than a perfect antenna that's down. Yes. 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 That's connecting to the collective madness of mind of what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat and what you should do and the the agendas and the opinions. Yes. Oh, wow. Look how clean that antenna is, but it's not picking up anything. Right. You're not connected to source. You're connected to strategy to the best way to, to stay in the body and you're missing out on God. Yes, like, yes, because none of that stuff can happen if we don't. You could eat the best thing in the world, and then someone drops dead in the middle of their five-mile run. Why did they? Why are they yeah. dying? They did everything perfect. You don't realize there's a first principle beneath all of it that actually is bigger than all of it, and, and it's so powerful that people not to I suggest this, but the monks or the yogi, you know, eats the arsenic. And yeah. thrives and feels great. It doesn't have an effect. Why is that, right? Because we're connected to the first principle in such a powerful way that we've transcended the impact. Now you could transcend it two percent, right? You don't have to do the the thing like the yogi. And that's what happens when you you know you sit, you presence all of the stuff I've shared, all of the stuff Kyle shares. It's two percent of something really, really miraculous that is enough to counter all the inflammation from that you know the cheeseburger that was not organic or you know, the not gluten-free thing um, that your body actually could handle and transmute if you are even 2% more connected. You know, it's crazy because, um, you know, I told you that story of when I went raw vegan and it was amazing, but I knew it was about a vibrational change more than the food. The food was really important, but Mm -hmm. it was about vibrational change. And then a few years later, I tried to go raw vegan again for a long time and it didn't do it. It was different. It was like, because it was like life was teaching me, don't make the food your God. Don't make the way. You're now at a frequency where I need you to get here. But having this dialogue with you is helping me re-understand that. It's like, it's like I've, I think that I've been lingering in a 50-50, the body and the now. Right? Yeah. So sometimes I'm in the now and I'm feeling judgment for what I ate. I, I'm, I go back to the body when I feel judgment for what I ate. But if I'm in the now, you can still, I can still eat healthy while I'm in the now. But at the yes. same time, the frequency, if I just stay in the ownership of the frequency, mm-hmm. right, and let the body do what it does, and still at the same time, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll probably naturally just crave healthier food anyway. Yes. But it's not my God. That is the, the meaning, like the only source, that's attachment and fear. That's not the same thing. This yeah. is the most advanced call ever. Oh, so <laughs> don't you think? Like, it's like, don't you think it's crazy? Like, if this went eight hours, we'd be like, <laughs> it'd just be on the ninth dimension. The, you know, like, it's so, yeah. we'd be floating in each other's houses. Like, it'd just be <laughs> crazy how much oneness is happening and freedom and permission and expansion is happening from this talk. Yeah. Yeah. Thank how you doing? Thank you for being here. I forgot well, we were live. I'm like, how you doing? You doing okay? <laughs> <laughs> There's so, so many more pieces. We can do this again. Um, because I, I was going to say, like, I had, a, I had a comment last week and someone said, well, if source is source and you connect with source, then why are you talking about getting fluoride out of your water? Why are you talking about having, 
you know, this and this, um, you know, homeopathic, I forget what it was about. And I, I thought like, it, it doesn't mean that we don't also honor everything else. It just means we don't put it first. And, right. and if you are that yogi and that, and that complete alignment, it honestly, you have all the fluoride in the world and you're not going to calcify the pineal gland. You're not going to have toxic effects, but you don't have to go for that. You don't have to try to make that a goal. It's, it's just, you know, it's easy for me to have the filter we have in our water and there's no fluoride and there's, you know, it's easy. Now, if it was hard and you're like, but I got to get this out of my water, that's when you know, like, nope, that's not your path. Just drink it. Just, you know, my daughter was at school and I always bring the water bottle and I was like, oh, I forgot the water bottle. It was like, you know what? I'm just going to bless whatever water she has today and she's going to do great because it was efforting to go make sure I give her the right water. Like, no, that's obsession. So I don't do any of these things in that frequency, but when it's fluid, you know, choose what is fluid and, and what's light. And sometimes that may be a piece of pizza and a chocolate chocolate cake. And sometimes it may be, you know, like the raw vegan, but it's from a whole different space of knowing. It's so wonderful to hear you say that. And also to notice I'm not alone in the, in the, um, when you say something, it would be so easy for someone in a left-right brain type thinking or black and white thinking to hear a conclusion and be wrong about what your point is. Like, in other words, how many times have you been making a point like you just did and be like, so you're saying don't drink bad water. So you're saying do drink bad water. You know what I mean? It's like, no, I didn't say that. Like, I'm just talking about a point that's much more gray area that isn't a way. And then have it's another reflection too that I um, like your life will reflect you, the community that uh, I've welcomed in. So there's so much receptivity. So there is like, used to get a little piece of hate mail here and there. You're telling me my chronic fatigue syndrome is my fault. Who do you think you are? Would happen a little here and there. And that doesn't happen anymore. And I think it's really a testament of um, how much I was embracing all those residues as well. Yeah, totally. When I started doing this, there was a slight proving it or apologetic tone in me. Like I wanted to do this, you know, and here I was coming out of the comedy scene and, you know, comics were cynical about what I do. So I'm like making these points and I'm like, and it's okay if you don't get this and, you know, whatever that invited a vibration of, you know, much more hate mail yeah. than now you can feel we know it and that light is showing so much. And I think that light is scary to people if they're trapped and not looking at theirs. Right. So there's, you get attacked for that from people, but at one point there's like a knowing where it's, it's too light. <laughs> and so, so, so that can leave, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is thank amazing. You. Thank you. Thank you. This has been one of the most powerful things I've ever done in my life. Same here. It feels good. You're magical. And I'm, I'm so honored. I, you know, I, I was excited to do the podcast. I saw your stuff and it was like, oh, she's great. But like to have this talk, it's like, oh, that's like a person I hope I, I, I would love to stay connected with you and talk more because it's, it's permission, you know, it's like permission for the weird thing that we see that we think is just ours. It's like, oh, wait, no someone else sees it you know yeah yeah i think we're like a soul sister soul brother because when you speak it's exactly the same um quality yeah what, what comes through me is the same 
personality. I guess the same quality, the same frequency. Other people say things a little differently and it's very clear that it's like, oh, wow, this is uh, very, very aligned. And I, I think it's a testament for you, your authenticity and your heart. You know, well, What's interesting is you're speaking, the way you said that it has the same quality as that shows that you hear frequency more than words. Do you understand what I'm saying? And maybe the audience that's, if you're still here this far into the call, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, then you probably hear frequency more than words, right? Um, still here. Yeah, so Sharon's here, well, that's good. That was that was an amazing call. This This was really fun. Yeah. I love you guys. I love you guys all for being here. I love you, Kyle. I loved you before we met. I, I'm like, I'm Kyle's, Kyle's one of my best friends. I'm, I'm one of Kyle's best friends. He doesn't know it yet, but we're going to meet. Oh, totally. Absolutely. I would, I would love to stay connected with you. And, oh, can I mention our, my thing that I have, the membership site thing? Yes. That's what I wanted you to mention. Yes. So we created a thing that I've been doing for three years now that I think is so awesome. And it's called the absolutely everything pass. It costs very little. It's $29 a month. And it's literally, there's uh, the team hosts a meditation on Monday, Tuesday nights. We do a thing called it's totally possible where people riff about all the new possibilities showing Wednesday night. I take calls live on a, on a, uh, live stream thing where I, I answer people's calls live so people can every Wednesday night come on and and ask questions and I'll, I'll sometimes I'll bring people on and shift them on the call Thursday during the day we have my my buddy Joey does breath work he's a major Wim Hof instructor and he's awesome Sunday I do a oneness call and meditation this is like five out of seven days a week we're doing a live call and uh, we have archived all, all of my past live events. So giant on, you know, there's like a thousand hours of footage in there of stuff for business, of stuff for, um, um, you know, health and everything. Our giant event we did at the Dolby Theater where they do the Oscars and there's like 10 different events in there. Um, and it's $29 a month and it has community support and it's awesome. And I was just saying, anyone watching this, if you want to hop on and, and see more of this, and and I would love to have you as a guest on one of them too, on one of our Wednesday calls. Of course, yes. Yeah. So please join us that they can see on um, evolvingoutloud.com or my name, kylecease.com and sign up. And in tonight, there'll be a live call, like, you know, at six o'clock uh, Pacific. So yeah. So they absolutely everything passed. Join that. Awesome. Beautiful. Thank you. That's absolutely amazing. It's, it's such a good contribution for so many people. Thank you. You're amazing. I had so much fun talking to you today. All right. I love you guys. Thank you. For, I'm glad you've been here for this broadcast. I'm always here on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Mountain Time for Mind Body TV. We'll have Kyle again, too, if that works, because I think this will be amazing. I, I would love to. We'll do. I'm happy to show up anytime you need it. All right. Lots of love, everyone. I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye, guys. You've been listening to the Mind Body TV podcast with Dr. Kim DeRamo. For a special download to assist with integrating this work, go to drkimd.com forward slash podcast.